This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. I am Rob Crane here with Chris Valente. Chris, hello. Hello, Rob. How are you today? I'm good. Good. That was a how very formal how are you today. How are you today, sir? Are you I well today, sir? Fine. Thank you for asking, my good friend. How is your good Wednesday? Good morrow to you. <laughs> we sound like idiots. Uh, but what else is we we'll stay on brand. We'll stay on stay, brand. You got you got you got you got to stay on stay on brand. So, uh you know, one of the things you had and I'm crushed that I wasn't able to join, but a spectacular interview on uh that was released on Tuesday. Uh I had the craziest and no pun intended hour and 40 minutes of my life listening to Eric's story and I knew a, a lot about it, but I didn't know that much about it. And then hearing him just be completely transparent and authentic and, and divulge what he went through and his experience with mental health and not just this is this transcends sports, right? right. It, it just happened to occur while working in the industry. It's a story that everybody has to listen to because the one thing that I took from it was the stigma of mental health is still a major, major issue in this country, in the workforce, everywhere. And the the statistics that he was sharing that when you go to a, a, a typical mental health website where they say one in five are affected by mental health in this country, which then you sit back and you realize that doesn't really make much sense when you describe the words mental health. It should be, and this is what they use as their hashtag, and if you see it on our post, it's five for five, right? So yeah, right. it's not 20% of the country is only affected by mental health. Everybody is affected by mental health, whether you have to work on it or you're stressed or anxiety or something. Like, we all deal with something in our lives. Yeah, and it's always, it's never ending either, right? There's not like, oh, my mental health will be excellent. You know, it's not like trying to bench 225 or something like that, right? It's like, you it's a, something that never ends. Well, that was You're his point too. Like, you would go to the gym consistently to consistently work on your physical health, right? Like, that's yep. just been ingrained in you that you should always be working on your physical health. You should eat right. You should work out. This is how you would improve your physical health. 
why is it not the same for your mental health, which quite honestly is probably more important due to the fact that without mental health, the other stuff is going to fall apart. Yeah, right. It's uh, They've got to be combined. And I think now more time than ever, um, mental health and mental health, whether it's awareness, is it awareness? Um, or well, just yeah, talking about it it's, is it's more the prevalent stigma. than it ever has been. It's the stigma and the walls are being broken down. And that's what Eric's organization is working to do. And that's why it's called Same Here. Like that's the, it's the sign language for Same Here. Like you and I are this, we're all in this together, man. Like we're all dealing with something. Let's talk about it. Let's be open. Let's not try this macho. Like I'm tougher than nails. Like I can't divulge what I deal with or have struggles. Right. So athletes are coming forward. Celebrities are coming forward, but it's not just them. It's, it's being 23 and being okay to raise your hand to your boss and be like, I'm really struggling. I need some help. And then not being held against you. And his story is, his story is amazing. And the fact that he's turned his awful, awful episode. I mean, he had an extreme episode, right. Into something positive that he, in the darkest, deepest depths that he went into, he knew that if he ever got out of it, this is what he wanted to do. Um, it was great. I, I was, I was, I sat back and listened for an hour and 40 minutes. It was our longest podcast ever. And he, he just, he, it felt like it was a 20, 20 minute conversation. Cause I was so enthralled by his story. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm disappointed. I wasn't able to, to be there. Um, but I do remember getting a text from you. It was like, Hey, we're like an hour and a half into this thing. Unreal. Uh, and I'm, I'm proud that, you were able to start this conversation because of your openness and willingness to share, which is just another check mark for folks who have, I'm sure have outreached to you already and thanked you. And I know we've gotten some notes about thanking us for having that topic, but it all started because you were willing to not be guarded about a situation that affected you. And I think the more people who do that, the better off everyone else will be. One of the things that he talked about was, uh, sports being your, you know, defining your life, right, by your by your career. Um, and that's the only thing that it's your singular thing. Um, we were just talking about it. I really resonate. It's something that resonates, right? And uh, so I'll, so I, you know, you know how the Facebook, um, Instagram and all that good stuff, the memories come up? Yes. Uh, all I used to write on my uh, Facebook what wall that I used to call it back in the day was yep. uh, about either the I did, uh, Omaha Royals, you know, Rosenblatt Stadium. We were doing two buck Tuesdays, and the only thing that was on there was that. Same thing when I moved to Scranton. It was almost, I look back, it was like nauseating. And uh, it was that was the way I defined my life, right, was like, this minor league baseball team was the only thing that mattered, and I made sure to tell the world about it too. Um, and I remember, you know, when I was going through what I kind of described, what was that, probably two or three podcasts ago? Yes. Um, I remember um, when I was going through that, probably that, you know, they, uh, you talked about the deepest depths. Mine was never at that same level. But I will say this there was one time during that, uh, Chris, that uh, I was, you know, you know, my whole life was defined by this minor league baseball thing. In some mm-hmm. cases, sometimes I still feel like that. But I went down, maybe after 
one or too many cocktails. And uh, I had this, I have this bin. I have this bin uh, that had, at the time, all of, like, the major things, uh, newspaper articles that we, that I was a part of um, from my time, right? 40 under 40 in, uh, in Omaha, um, when there was a press conference about um, me and Scranton becoming president, they had a big front page of the sports section in Scranton said, man of the fans, and had me on there, a uh, picture of me, and like doing the Rail Riders rebrand and all this good stuff. And it was all this like, it was, I, and I took them all out and I opened them and I put them all over the floor. And I remember. Uh, and just all over, all over the floor, all over the basement floor, on the couches and everything. And I remember saying to myself, look what you used to be. And I was so down on myself and now basically saying that you're nothing. And uh, I, I uh, that was like, and I, I was like one of these things that I went and then uh, Amy asked, like, what were you doing? And uh, I lost it, right? And I, uh, that was like, that was, that was, that was, that was it. Look, that was it. It was I, like, it was tough. I, it's funny, my, my wife tells me regularly that I am so always emotional or wrapped up because a huge part of my life that defines me in my mind is my job. Yeah. And when things aren't going right or things take a wrong turn, it has a profound effect on me that affects the rest of my life that probably shouldn't. Um, and so, I, I almost, it's so hard not to, right? Like, well, there's there's different people in the world, right? There's some people who are like, yeah, it's a job, right? Like, I have buddies like that. There's like, I just do this job to get a paycheck, and it's like, I don't have that button. No, and I, I maybe if we were in different professions we'd have a different yeah but there's bankers that think that same way right? oh no there's i agree no this isn't people. this isn't this a sport isn't this is the sports no um but it's also like you and i kind of talked about this also recently is you always think like what am i chasing like right. what would make me say got it i'm done you know <laughs> got it so it's a it's a really it's a it's a tough thing that you got to balance in your mind because it can take you down a dark dark rabbit hole of questioning are you doing what you're supposed to be doing are you successful as you should be where, where did you did I peak at 27 28 29 30 like am I am I safe in my own job right now like if like I actually had I I'll be fully transparent I had this weird thought the other night where it like for whatever reason it just hit me in my mind. I was like, I, I think because I'm a I'm pretty confident in my abilities that I feel invincible to losing a job or not being able to get a job. But like, what if they just one day were like, no, you're 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 done. Like it's like you I just think about don't that all the time. That happened you, one day. Yeah, <laughs> that happened. Yeah, and like you're just like Sweet. wait, yeah, and I, but you're just you just feel you don't feel like it's ever gonna happen to you. But then you're like, well. Maybe it could because I'm I'm not the president of the team. I'm not the owner, right? Like it, it's even if you're the president, the only person that uh, safe is owner. Yes, the <laughs> owner, right? You own the thing. Um, 
Yeah, I totally felt that invincibility, in, uh, especially in the Scranton, I think, the most. And then it wasn't. <laughs> and then you kind of get hit by a ton of bricks. Um, and that's kind of what went, went down that way. But, look, uh, I think it was an important conversation. Um, and I, I think, too, that, you know, we're all in this together is, is, one of those, is one of those things. And I think, too, I guess I never thought about this when we were talking about starting this thing a year and plus ago, right? I never thought we'd talk about mental health or any of that kind of stuff, right? I um, never th- even remotely thought that that would be a thing. But we've gotten some good feedback about that topic. Right. So it's like now I feel like I'd be doing a disservice if we didn't talk about more of this stuff. And it's like, all right, guard down, guard back up, guard down, guard back up. Like, no, I don't I don't think that's the, the case at all. No, it's it's a, look, you realize that. And I think as you and I talk about it and it almost helps when someone reaches out to us and says, yeah, me too. Right. Like I'm dealing with something along those lines or that's affected me and it, it kind of normalizes it, which then again helps break that stigma that you don't feel like there's something wrong with you. It's just you're dealing with normal life issues that everyone goes through. It's it's never this meteoric rise to the top that doesn't have some bumps and bruises along the way. But trying to go at that alone, we've talked about this. Your mind can be a very tricky, dangerous place to stay, stay by itself because it can run wild and... Based on you and I getting to have this cathartic conversation, you and I have a way to express. This helps my mental health. For sure. And speaking of, you know what's funny? I asked Rachel this the other night and we were sitting down because she was talking about the podcast. You've met her once. Right. I've met her once. The first episode. The first episode ever. Ever. And then sometimes I see her when she's like walking in the background of our Zoom. And I said... And I said, I'm, Amy must feel the same way about me. I said, does it feel really weird that you probably know more about Rob than most of my friends? Like, <laughs> I was like, you know everything about him in terms of like his deepest, darkest moments or yeah, stuff right? that's like, she's like, yeah, I feel like we've known him forever because I hear you guys talk weekly. And it's, it's like this weird thing that we're yeah, able to I, bring it out. Amy and, was saying something similar. It was like, because I was saying something, you, you just said it though. I was saying, like, you feel like we've known Chris since, like, I was, like, six. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, yeah, right. And she's like, yeah, kind of. Because I talk to you once a week. I don't talk to my the best man at my wedding once a week. Right. And it's we talk about some deep stuff. And, Occasionally. Uh, so, yeah, it's... Uh, it's but also uh, we talk about Yellow Starburst and how they suck and everything. Of, well, that's that's a no-brainer. It, that, speaking of mental health, if you want mental health, don't eat Yellow Starburst. Right. Right. <laughs> you, might, you might have to... Keep, S- we might have to. You. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, I look. If if it helps people, and this is look, we said in day one, first podcast ever. If we help one person, this was successful. I think we've checked that box. If other topics that we can discuss or help people with that they want to know about, I mean, we have an email we're going to read later on because they're listening, and we can help them. That's what this is about, and it's it's truly. I think for you and I, because we talked about your and I's personality, it, it's a somewhat selfish thing too, because we feel good about helping people. <laughs> right. we did we did the fund to help raise money for Bat. Yeah, we, right. We we donated that. Bat had a nice tweet, um, tuna uh, to us. It's been, uh, and we've only great. been doing. It feels like we've been doing this forever, right? It really has, um, and I think the pandemic kind of 
helped it, right? Because we got totally. something, something to do. It's like, uh, what are we going to do when we have games? I don't know. Seriously. Um, or everyone's vaccinated. They're not, not listening to podcasts anymore. But, uh, oh, you listen to more podcasts because of the travel and everything. I know, but hey, look, if all else fails, we've got Russia, Turkey, Iran now on the list. So. I feel like we're, <laughs> we're on a watch we're list now. We're on a watch list, right? The government watch list. That's okay. Jeez. But um, before, there's a lot of good, th- we've got a couple more topics that uh, we need to hit on. But before we do that, we need to talk about our friends. Uh, and indeed, 2020 has already sh- reshaped how we work and uh, it's almost over thank god uh businesses across the globe are challenged uh to be their most efficient which means every hire is critical indeed is here to help do you feel like this indeed ad maybe kind of gives some behind the scenes of how like this thing works to our listeners i think so i hope so that's what i think it's telling them how to get the job more so than actually them posting their jobs i would imagine (laughs) For most of our target list. Probably. All right. Indeed is the number one job site in the world um, with more total visit than any other job site, according to Comscore. Um, What the hell? uh, I'll tell you what what Comscore is later. They're the the ones that measure traffic for a website. Like a Nielsen for TV, Comscore is for digital. Got it. Uh, Indeed helps you to find quality candidates quickly. So you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time. There are no long-term contracts. Uh, And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria uh, so you can contact the moment you uh, sponsor a job, making indeed the only job site that uh, only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners free seventy-five dollar credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates. Quality candidates, Jesus man, will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free seventy-five dollar credit at Indeed.com/slash/bluewire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer is valid through December 31st. Those lovely terms and conditions apply. By the way, so that also makes me think as I read this thing, and it says get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. Um, For our listeners, that's basically like you better have multiple versions of a resume. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, you just can't have the same one. We're reading the, indeed, people on who should be hiring, and they're saying, you know, match the criteria. Well, here, if, you're not, if your resume is not matching the criteria, then don't apply, right? Here's, here's a neat trick. Because oh, I know. A neat trick? Yeah, a neat you trick. A magician? I could be. This, <laughs> let's see. I find, by the way, the magic, like, the magic videos that sometimes, like, post on, like, your Facebook page or something like that, um, Wait, I get what? enthralled with them. Right, like the ones that are like the card tricks, or like there's some crazy like David Blaine crap that's going around, like those types of things. I'm like illusions. Oh, I can't stop watching that. Illusions. I find that magic, like craziness, entertaining. The only thing that pops up on my Facebook or Instagram is like the food video. So maybe I'm just fat. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say this: the only thing, maybe for the last 
I don't know, I, I pick a time, but definitely like the last week, is all golf stuff all the time. Well, <laughs> right? like, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to golf because there's something, uh, something's, curious, something's up. Um, but no, I get the stupid videos that make it look like it's so easy to make. You know those things that are like, oh, make this. Tasty make, videos? Or yeah, they're like, make this thing in 25 minutes. It's, it comes out looking like, they're like, no, it's not that easy. It, those, those things drive me crazy. Uh, what were we talking about? I was talking about, we just talked about tasty videos. We just talked about Indeed. Then the Oh, the trick. Magic. Oh, the trick. Yeah, you, your trick, magic. The trick. I like magic. So most, especially like job sites like Indeed or anybody that's screening uses software to match that person's resume to weed out people without having to actually read the resumes. Now, we could discuss forever if that's the most efficient way to find good candidates or not, but that's a lot of the system. Take the job description and write some of those skill sets almost like verbatim into your resume and customize your resume for said job that you're applying for. You can go right to the top, get one of those sponsored jobs. Like, so If it's like XYZ requirements... Go put those in your skill sets somewhere in your resume that check those boxes of what you do. If if as long as it like does right, like <laughs> as long as you're not lying. No, like, I'd say like use their verbiage to describe how you would probably have described your other your skill set or your job responsibility. Right? It's just aligning those. Definitely use that tip, everybody out there. Just gonna that's say a, that's a. Uh, it's a good tip. Tip. Good tip. Good tip. Good tip. Good tip. 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 Uh, so speaking of emails and do's and don'ts for job searches. We got an email from a listener who, this is like small world, mess with your mind type stuff, who had the position I had 19 years ago in community relations for the New York Giants. Oh, really? Um, Jeremiah Minyard reached out and said he listened to, first of all, he said, good day, Chris. So as we Good talking. day, sir. Good day. Good day. <laughs> morrow. Good morrow. <laughs> 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 um, so anyway, Jeremiah reached out with a, with a little Good day, <laughs> Chris. That's how we're going to uh, start having the podcast. Hello, uh, Rob. Um, is there a Seinfeld thing? Yeah, hello. Yes, right, right, right. <laughs> hello. <sighs> Jeremiah is going to love this answer. Uh, so <laughs> I had a situation for sending an email for an opening for a professional team, and I just sent it to everyone in the CR department. So he used our spiderweb method, right? Spider, like spiderweb, yep, yep, yep. Boom, yep, yep. can hit everybody up. I have a question for you and for Rob, if he's able to answer this. What is the biggest difference, adjustment, from one sport to another or going from a, to a different department overall? I know you started, stated you were here with Ethan and Allie at the New York Giants. As for Rob, he was with the Houston Texans player development now, picking up P, by the way. Now, both of you guys are in sales with the Red Sox organization. Thank you for taking the time to read this. Hope you and your family are well. Sincerely, Jeremiah Minion. First of all, great email, Jeremiah. Uh, and also, great questions, great follow-ups. Love, love, love the interaction with listeners. So, let's take his first one. I have I have an opinion. Let's see what yours is. Yours is probably... You've only ever worked in baseball, though, right? Oh, football, you did. Right. Go ahead. Um, what is the biggest difference adjustment from one sport to another? I guess I was so young and stupid um, when I was an intern. Um, I guess the biggest adjustment from the well, when I was working in the NFL, then my next job was the Southwest <laughs> Michigan Devil Rays in Battle Creek, right? A tad of an adjustment from... <laughs> The facilities were a little different. A little different. I didn't have to push water when it rained. Um, 
But I didn't have to pick up bottles of pee, so it's, <laughs> yeah. I guess it's not that different. That's an upgrade. That's an upgrade. Uh, right. Upgrade to battle. So if that, you put that on your resume, if the job description says pee, then pee, you put... I got it. Um, I, so I think, too, it's the, the – uh, I guess for for that one, it was the scale, right? Like uh, the scale of the business is so much different. Um, there's so many kind of different layers to go through. Um, and uh, it kind of goes to – so I, I think – when I went from football or to, to, you know, minor league baseball and really the minor of minor league baseball, right? Uh, the scale of that was different. Um, I'll also say this, you know, last week we talked about, um, uh, my kind of wondering what the major leagues are like and, you know, s- selling in the, uh, big leagues per se, whether that's baseball or basketball or football or whatever. Uh, and someone responded I had a buddy who was listening, texted it to me, and it says the approval process is much longer. And I think if I were to ever uh, change it, it would be that would be hard to get to go through, right? Because right now, if you want to sell something at Polar Park, you go to me, I say yes or no, <laughs> and it's done, right? Like that's the approval process. Occasionally, yeah. there's a couple other steps if it includes other departments or something like that. But uh, there's like no red tape. I do whatever the hell I want to. Um, so far, oh yeah, that's, that's not that's not the case at the major league level. That, that's not the case at the major league level. So I think that understanding that there's a different process is probably one of the things that I would think that would be different between, at least in my experience. For the minors and the majors, for sure. So the, the the difference between sports, so I've worked in football, hockey, baseball. Um, look, I, I I think there's the key difference from going from football to the rest of sports is the, the length of schedule, <laughs> the amount of free time you have. But the principles all remain the same for the most part across sports sales and sports marketing. I don't think you're more qualified to work in one sport versus the other because you've worked in another, like you would, because you worked in baseball your whole career. I don't think you all of a sudden can't work in hockey. Like, I don't think that has any correlation. Totally agree. Other than there is definitely an adjustment to the fan base. There's, there are different types of fans and different types of verbiage and different types of branding. Like a hockey is a very different, mindset and fan than a baseball or a football or a basketball fan it's just they're just they're different and you but i don't think that's it's not a prohibitive to the fact where you can't adjust and learn that um but the principles of your day-to-day don't change like there's not like you work differently in the front office of a hockey team than you do in the front office of a baseball team like it's the exact same process mantra culture etc it's just you're you're you have a different product for sure but you're not changing your overall approach to being successful as an employee. Yeah, it's the same thing, right? If you're in sales, I mean, you're still going to be there's going to be a number associated with you, right? Yeah, and you but you got you you would you would target different brands for different sports. Like NASCAR, like I I sell across NASCAR right now. I sell across baseball right now. I sell across European soccer and I sell across um NHL hockey with with Nesson when for the Bruins, every single one of those different outreaches, you have a different mindset in terms of the different type of brand that aligns better with said sport. It's just the PGA. If you watch a PGA event, they're all very highbrow, 
wealth management, high end type brands. Like that doesn't certain, right? That doesn't necessarily translate to the same as a college football target. Like that's your difference is like learning and adjusting to who your audience is, but your your overall process and skill sets can translate to any sport, is my opinion. Yeah. I think that's right. Think Second right. question. Yep. So this is, I think, a the tougher one. Going to a different department, which you and I, I have done a lot. You definitely did from a player operations to ticket sales. Right. Biggest adjustment. And I think probably we can talk about it holistically, what you've seen from other employees that you've had, et cetera. Like, what's your take on that? I think you got to understand the day to day, right? Like uh, the biggest adjustment is your, your day changes so much, right? Like if you were going from ticket sales to community relations, like your whole day from ticket sales is on the phone and emailing and you're aggressively reaching out, right? Like community relations is just not that same pace. See what I'm saying? It's a, a total, I mean, your, your job description is completely different. Your right. culture in the department is completely different. Your mindset, it's, it's, look, I'll say this. It's not, it's not a seamless transition for most people. It's, it's just, it's just not like there's an adjustment time. There's an adjustment period. You did no matter what department you go to a different department and it's a completely different job. You're going to have a learning curve, right? I also say too, when I was in Scranton, I think was helpful as the team president. I guess I never, I was only selling stuff because I, like I said, selling things has always been kind of number one. But then when you kind of look to more, you get more in depth with like the ops people. You get more in depth with the community relation people. More in depth than you did as, you know, in, in when I was in Omaha. You start to kind of understand what their triggers are, right? And you, I think you're triggered, not in the negative connotation, but like what gets you going by different different things, right? So you can talk to the groundskeeper, excuse me, about something and understand what gets him going. And I definitely think that helped me be more empathetic, right? Like this is really what the groundskeeper cares about. He might say, get off the grass, but he doesn't, you know, he's, what he's trying to do is something else. And if you can phrase it in a way other than get off the grass, then you're like, you'll be, okay if you kind of understand his world at some point you still got to go on the grass but and <laughs> like you have to like the sacred ground in. for groundskeeper right so like you know it's like uh you know grounds the fenway right like they used to sit around and watch the grass grow in between homestands and the off season now you've got 12 concerts you got ice skating crashed ice with the freaking ski jumps and all that kind of stuff like a different world the groundskeeper's got to understand you got to be empathetic on saying like, "Hey, the team's got to make a little bit of money," but also understand too, like, don't forget what we're really doing. That's baseball, and where is kind of the line of that in the happy medium? So I think to go back to the question about um, you know changing departments, I think you've got to understand you know what used to get you motivated or what used to be the triggers in one department. Going to the next one, you're probably going to have totally different. Uh, goals and objectives and then uh, different items within that will trigger you differently Makes yeah I, I think uh, I think some advice would be look it to f- use an analogy of like a 
playing a sport. If if one minute you're on defense, the next minute you're playing offense, you have to completely change your mindset, but understand where you fit into that role now, that that's your now job, that while you may have been in ticket sales at one point, or you may have been in communications, or you may have been in PR, whatever your new role is, that's your job. And that's what you're there to do. And focus in on that. That is the transition that's going to make it the most successful for you. Because trying to worry about the past is not going to get you anywhere. You're you need to focus on what your task at hand is, and that's your new role and that new opportunity. Being everything at once is just going to have you be completely scatterbrained. Right. I, uh, I I think too. If you go to a new department within the same organization, how the good ones do it is they go, you know, say you go from sales to marketing, right? The marketing people are like, why do we always have to do all these things based on uh, generating revenue? Well, you know, we need to be able to do this artistic thing. Yep. Uh, not that I have any experience with those types of conversations. <laughs> um, but you can then be the person in the meeting to say, and showing that empathy prior and say, this is actually what they're trying to do. How we go accomplish that, you know, maybe can be in an artistic way, but understand where they're coming from, right? So you can have, understand, you know, the proverbial both sides of the coin. Where you, can people can go wrong is either that they, complain about the other side and say all they gave us uh, you know uh, is about you know the revenue or all they care about is the art artistry and you like bad mouth one and bad mouth the other on both sides of your mouth right so then you're never really doing anything good right instead of oh i i agree with that you you could play referee big time because you can provide the context and the the experience of playing and i i agree because when i got moved up the ladder as i kept going in the minor leagues You'd hear from the salespeople, you hear from the marketing people, you hear from the accumulation. Everyone always is complaining about everyone else's department. How come they get to do that? It's like, okay, well, look, you choose to be in this role. That's why your responsibility is this, and that's why theirs is that. Like, you can very easily decide to leave your said role and go work in that department, and then then you're having the exact same situation. So, like, worrying about everybody else is just, it's going to get you nowhere but a headache. It's like if you were one minute on the power play and the next minute you're on the penalty kill, your job is to be on the penalty kill. Go kill penalties, right? Like yeah. that's your job. And having that mentality of I have a responsibility to get this across the line every day and this is all I need to focus on. While, like you said, playing as a team player and bridging that gap between departments, phenomenal. But it's it's getting into the mindset of like, okay, I don't need to necessarily concern myself with what used to be. I only need to focus on what is. Look at you, like Zen master. Philosophical. Don't Here we go. What as be what is sensei. <laughs> as I said that, I was like, what a douche. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have I'm going to go, by work. the way, Karate Kid. Oh, then Mr. you Miyagi. should watch. I know you're not going to watch it. By but... the way, Amy's never seen Karate Kid. But that's see, this I'm never mind. I'm not going to say anything. Why? I don't wanna, say it. Uh, it's 20. I'm not going to know. It's just. I don't know if it's a if it's not allowed to say it seems like a guy movie. It's just more of a guy movie. Really? Yeah, kind of. Like I mean, Ralph Macchio's movie staple, right? I mean, even as a yeah, kid, no, I just see. I don't know. I that's what I, I don't want to say. I, I, I don't know. It's no, it's very eighties, early eighties. So eighties, right? Cobra Kai is like my guilty pleasure right now. It's like on Netflix. It's the it's the continuation of the story with 
the guy that he kicked in the face from the first one. Um, oh yeah, right. I Johnny sweep the leg. Uh, oh yeah, no. Yeah. There's a two seasons on Netflix, Cobra Kai with Ralph Macchio and Johnny. It's <laughs> really unbelievable. It's my most guilty pleasure I've ever. Like it's so good. It's like <laughs> I will say I'll have to check that out, but I will. You will not. Li- you will not. I'll, I'll lie to you. And I know. Them. There's I, no chance. I know you won't. But it's it's real. It's like nostalgic. It makes me feel like a kid again watching it because first of all, Ralph Macchio is like. 50 like late he looks like he's 27 he hasn't aged at all same thing with johnny they like both look like they're in like this time warp where they have not aged (laughs) it's mind-blowing and not fair but anyway yes um mr miyagi and rubbing my hands together danielson um paint the fence (laughs) sweep the fence uh paint the fence paint the fence so (laughs) sweep the leg (laughs) Get him a body bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those guys are in it. They come back and they get together. It's really? a whole thing. Oh, it's great. It's amazing. It's a really, it. really good show. Um, How about me, movie, movie quote and Rob? Movie quote <laughs> and Rob. It's a, it's amazing that everyone that comes across into our podcast as a guest and tries to movie quote with you, and I'm just like, nah, he doesn't know what Ain't you're talking happen. about. Doesn't know, doesn't know what you're talking about. He's a weirdo. Know what's going on? Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, but football is back in full swing, and your Steelers have yet to lose. 9 0. 9 0. Undefeated. Undefeated. Uh, uh, starting to, they're starting to smell the 16. Starting to smell it. No, they're. I, I think I've said this on this podcast. I've said this to my friends. I say this anywhere. Because of the Titans had the co- uh, the COVID issue that delayed one of their games, uh, and they had their bye week in week four, right? They're gonna like run out of steam at the end of this, right? They just uh, they won't have the energy to 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 get through. So I am, uh, you know, they all there's only one team on the bye week, right? Uh, uh, for the playoffs, right? Only the number one seed gets it. Yep. Kansas City only has one loss, right? So this isn't like. You know, the, uh, they need that bye week more than anything. Steeler talk. Steeler talk. Well, it's football because it's bet online. Because you might not be the game this year, which you won't be, but you can still be in on the action at bet online. Bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I was talking to someone. I think the Steelers go 13-3. and three. Three more losses on the season? I think so, because I think if they can get to the end, they'll probably sit people. That means four and three the rest of the way. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. I think that's probably about right. Maybe maybe 14 and two. That seems more likely. 14 and two. I don't don't even know their schedule, but I'm just. They still have Baltimore, Cleveland. Well, Baltimore just lost to the Patriots, who stink. Uh, They played in the rain. Lamar Jackson, not a ring guy, huh? I don't think anybody. In New England that day, it was horrible outside. I was watching the game, and I was like, ugh. Imagine being a fan of that game. I was like, no. No, no. It was the best thing ever. People just sitting at home on the TV be like, yep, we're good. Yeah, speaking of TV, the uh, 
ratings for the my masters. That's, that's what I was gonna. I have that written down. So uh, cut in half, right? Down fifty-one percent. So one of the things that I'll say that is unfair. Two things that are unfair about that competition because I'm gonna fight for my golf here. One, they didn't go against. They weren't on NFL Sunday last year. All right. Okay. Keep going. Two. I'm gonna debunk your. I'm gonna debunk your argument. No. Two. Tiger Woods wasn't in it, right? Like Tiger Woods wasn't in in the. No, thing. no, no. Tiger Woods is the is the thing that brings people to watch golf. Tiger Woods was not in the hunt, so people tune out when Tiger Woods is not in the hunt. But it was and down that, the wor- It was like the worst rating since 1951. Right, I just and that, that so that's that's. God, Tiger Woods was also was a, how can you debunk that wasn't on a people weren't watching freaking football. Okay, so the NFL moved eighty percent of their games to four thirty on that Sunday, and college still fo- other they still were fighting football, right? They still was one o'clock yeah, games. I, I'll give you that. Yes, there was, and I think they were the the garbage games. Um, but you know, football draws ten no, million I, people just for football. But twenty million, um, right? College football essentially was wiped out this weekend, so Saturday was there was not a big there was not a game on that was like oh we gotta watch it. Uh, I I so this is my thought because everyone had this theory about like social justice was killing everything yeah, politics or whatever. Yeah, PGA had nothing to do with any of that stuff, right? Like nothing. Yep. I really think the lack of fans makes people's mindset of an event go way down i i also think it's not as fun watching it without people. i i think it, it i think they've now learned that no fans equates to a very weird tv experience it, i agree i it's a, it is a weird TV. i can't I, what else it doesn't think that makes sense like no what you're people are trapped in their homes <laughs> like right now like, i think we're... football does the best on tv because you don't see fans during the game there you anyway don't see fans there in the game and the camera shots Golf was hard. It's like someone makes a big putt, and nothing. There's nothing. Nothing. And it's like, huh. And golf is pretty boring from a just an overall viewership standpoint to watch without, like, if if you just sat there and just watched, no fans golf, like you'd be like, what am I? You wouldn't watch me go golf for eighteen. I would. I would. I would. I would. I would. <laughs> okay, well, fine. Well, you're a psycho. I'm, I'm a psychopath about this. But but okay, that's the problem. The psychos watched. The casual fan, right? I can didn't. understand that. And I think lo- the lack of fans really hurts. Be- like NASCAR doesn't matter, right? It's just just the, the track. It just goes in a circle. Like fans have no bearing on a NASCAR like race. You don't. You can't hear the fans. All you hear is like, yeah. But but like, clearly there was a, there's a big disconnect by no fans and TV ratings. There's no other explanation. I, I think you're you might you're you're on to something because watching sports without fans is weird. I it's just I, I will say it's just, it is it is the weird. US I Open think, the US Open was down fifty five percent this year. Uh right. The uh golf one or tennis? Golf. Like by the way, you can go play that course. I can? Yeah, it's a public course. Oh. The US Open course they played in uh San Francisco. Um I, I tend to agree. I also think, you know, it's part of the reason, you know, baseball World Series is way down, too, in my opinion, is like, totally. when you go and take the f- 
foul ball shot that goes into the stands and it just goes bunk, 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 bunk around. Same thing with like the home run that goes into the stands and it just. You mentally think you're watching a, it's like a, game, that, game. a game that doesn't matter, right? Like you all of a sudden have clicked into like this doesn't matter. Because like I'm watching a game that has no fans. No one cares about being there. Why should I care about why? It's I think there's this mental thing. I, I really do. Yeah, I have I, no science to prove it. I have no, I have just, this is literally my opinion. Right. That's, well, this is why we have a podcast to share our opinions. Uh, yeah, I can, I can, I can get behind that. I, 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 I understand that. I understand that. But I will say this. I think I said in a podcast or two ago that Sports Business Journal, they said they did a study and the politics in sports is part of the reason. I saw that. I how can you disagree with it, right? I mean, I feel like this year, out of any year, politics has been on the front burner more so than any time ever. And I say that because more people voted this time than ever, right? There was 140 million people that voted. I, so then I'd say now that the election was over, you would have thought an event like the Masters. Uh, the Masters is... Uh, right, I understand, but... Um, I don't know. It's you'd think that you'd think that you you you, you really would. I w- like you'd be like okay. People are like okay. I just need to watch something else this this weekend. It's the Masters. It wasn't close, right? The Masters last year was really close. Yeah, um, and Tiger well, Woods Dustin Dustin Dustin's a he robot. Ran away with it all week. And he's a robot. He's not really fun. Um, he's throwing darts, man. He is. Oh, he's he legit. He's he's ridiculous. And then the guys chasing him were no names, right? It was like. Yeah, there wasn't like a Rory really chasing him. There was um, M. Uh, and then Cameron, what's his name? Smith, uh, no Cameron, Sm- Cameron Smith. Yeah. yeah. I, I won my FSM uh, pool. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, you, have to, you had to pick from 10, 10 brackets. You had to pick a golfer from each. I had Dustin. Uh, but uh, I had the lowest overall score from my 10 golfers that I had to take. How about Tiger Woods? Shoots, uh, goes on 12. Oh, a 10. 10. But then... Six holes left. He birdies five of the six to end his rounds. Watch out. Watch out, April. Here comes Tiger. I don't know, man. He was – It's like, but the mental strength to get – to do that, I would have exploded. Oh. Right? Like, I just – He tin, tin cup. Have you seen tin cup? He tin cupped it. He tin cupped it. Just kept going right in the I have seen tin cup. I think that I uh, – uh, Stop watching I movies by the – parts of it, but I don't think I have seen tin cup in its entirety. That's a it's a golf movie. It's a great golf movie with Costner. Yeah, but it's still a movie. That's <laughs> you're not you're not wrong. <laughs> I am uh, I am correct. I'm gonna so, ask I'm gonna ask go you. Do you want do you want to cover this topic, or do you want to save it? I want to save it. Okay. I think we should do it. We'll, we'll have a we weren't anticipating having a podcast. I don't know what the hell we just talked about for 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> But I don't I think, know either because I usually write it down and I have to type, type up the description for this. I don't know what to write. <laughs> um, and, we need, and we need a name. We have to come up with a name. So. Uh, we can't so call anyway, it that. I think we that we do a podcast next week about that topic. But when, when? Like we release it on Tuesday. We'll do it Monday night. I might, I'll be, might be in the car. I'm going to Jersey. Oh, we'll figure it out. Anyway, we'll do but it yeah. next time. We'll, we'll do it again. Do we'll it do, in we'll, New Jersey. Let's do it Tuesday night. All right, we'll figure it out. We're all not going right. to release it Wednesday before Thanksgiving. That's just ridiculous. Anyway, no one needs to hear our logistics. Well, they're they're going to be anticipating an episode if we don't. Ha- we should be telling them behind the scenes. 
Right. All right. So let's tell them what the episode's about, and we'll do, we'll we'll get it out sometime next week, right? Podcast. It'll come out. It will come out. It'll <laughs> come out. We're, we're good. You and I are the worst at teasing. We are terrible at teasing. <laughs> teasing. Anyway, we want to do a podcast about how to quit your job. Uh, not that Chris and I are quitting our jobs, uh, but we we're talking about this. Is that there's a skill? There's a right way and a wrong way to do that. And I think that we'll uh, come out there and, and talk about how to how to quit your job like, uh, you know, Theo Epstein quit his this week. There you go. Everybody quits. Everybody quits. So we will do a podcast next week. Hopefully. Okay. <laughs> Let's just do it like, well, anyway, we'll figure out. What, what a disclaimer we'll do that was. <laughs> we'll, do a, we'll do a podcast next week, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get it out. We'll get it out. It'll be how to quit your job. Maybe we'll do it Sunday night. We'll do a little Sunday, a uh, little Sunday rendezvous. Sunday rendezvous. That's a good. Hey, perfect. Sunday night. That's a uh, Nolan is getting uh, baptized on Sunday. Oh, well, oh, all right. Well, con- Mazel Tov. He's not Jewish. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like I need to go into the Seinfeld episode. Not that there's anything wrong. Nothing with that. wrong with that. <laughs> uh, no, it's a. Uh, I have our immediate family over, um, church for a little bit, little, 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 little get together outside. Supposed to be like 55 degrees out in Rhode Island. Beautiful. Beautiful. And then out. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? I'm going, it's just my parents and us. So that's it. I think my mom and dad and two of my three sisters are coming. Because I I cook. It's as immediate family as you... I mean, like, look, COVID's going to explode after next week. It's no doubt about it, right? Like, it's just going to explode. Uh, people are going to have massive Thanksgivings, I'm sure. It's going to be a... It's just, New York City shut down schools today. They're closed. Um, we're, we're, we're about to hit the dark winter. <laughs> it's not going to be fun yeah, for us I, in the I, Northeast. I, I think that Moderna and Pfizer... Uh... Oh, baby. I can't... Inject it into all my... I, I'll, actually... Give me the Pfizer one. Um, so I'll take the Pfizer one. Um, but yes, no, I am so happy that that news is coming out. It seems like there's light at the end of the tunnel. Our industry needs it. Fauci said there could be 20 million doses out by the end of the year. Which just means another 300 million to go. So right. we're, on, we're on pace. Um, no, good, 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 good news. Oh, NBA trade alert. Clippers get somebody, Nets get somebody, and Pistons get somebody. There you go. Celtics drafted a guy from Vanderbilt. You know, oh, speaking of, I was talking to Brian Specia about this. I don't know anybody in this draft because of March Madness didn't happen. Totally. I was saying the same thing. I love uh, I love the NBA draft, uh, but this year I know nobody. Because like, there's, there's no Zion, so I'm like, who are all these people? Right, you got... Uh, uh, the number one pick overall, I don't know who that is. The kid from Georgia. No idea who that is. Uh, Lonzo... Uh, Lamelo, Lamelo Ball. Wait, uh, so now MJ can play Lavar one on one because Lavar used to say he would smack MJ around, right? Yeah, but you've noticed Lavar been quiet, right? Well, he got in trouble for some fraud. That was yeah. He's, uh, his co-founder has uh, said he was embezzling like two and a half million dollars of the big baller brand. I also think they got a little dose of reality when LeBron was like, "Yeah, we're gonna trade you." <laughs> I could just shipped him away to New Orleans, and that was that. Like, that was it. Anthony Davis, thank you. Adios. Um, By the way, did you ever see the graphic of what 
the um, what the Pelicans got for um, for uh, Anthony Davis and when they just traded Drew Holiday this past week? No, it's like six Graphics. first round picks, uh, like four pick swaps, and you know uh, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo. Uh, Drew Bledsoe, not Drew Bledsoe, Eric Bledsoe. I was going to say, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a bad uh, Eric, trade. Yeah, right? He makes wine, though. Um, so, I, like, they actually did, if you're going to trade two of, like, really good players, you might as well get a haul for it, right? It yeah. seems like they got a haul. They turned two people into What's the net? What's going to be 12. with the net? How are the nets going to function? How is that going to work? <laughs> I uh I I do not know, but I did see a uh, great uh, meme today, and it was like someone traded for all those people in like NBA 2K, and it's like this is the net season, and it was like James Harden brings up the ball, and then like dribbled between his legs for like ten awkward seconds, <laughs> passed it to Kyrie, dribbled it between his legs for like ten seconds, and then heaved up a contested three. Of course. <laughs> and uh and is like this is gonna be the net season next I year. mean, you have three ball hogs. Yeah, James Harden touched the ball in uh Mike D'Antoni's offense like ninety percent of the time. He averaged thirty five points a game or some shit, right? Like Yeah, that's and but and D'Antoni's on that staff. With Steve Nash? Yeah. Oh boy. He's like his assistant coach. And then yeah. Kyrie comes out and says something about like we don't need a coach. Yeah, I thought that this is going to be it's going to be it's going to be the NBA. I'll say this: the NBA needed a team to hate. They yeah, needed a villain. They don't have. They never had a villain. Like the NBA was uh, go back to the eighties, like the Pistons. Pistons. They hated them, right? The world hated the Pistons back in uh, back in those days, right? They're going to hate the Nets. Yeah, they are. They're going to hate They're the gonna Nets. They're going to hate the Nets. And a, a good villain is great for everything. It, it is. Makes well, the Yankees. Good, the, Yankees the Yankees played that role for a while in the 90s, in the early right. 2000s. Right. I, I, they, they need a good villain, right? And then you'll have people that love them, and you'll have people that hate them. And it's in the perfect market for it, right? It's in New York. The Knicks. <laughs> There's the Knicks. And no one cares about the Knicks. <laughs> So it's absurd. No one cares. So absurd. Uh, all right. Well, that's a good NBA draft how about, talk. How about us with some like sports takes? Yeah. How about that? We never talk about sports, really. That's... We never talk about sports. But we had some sports things. All right. Um, we'll talk because we got to talk about how to quit your job. Not that I'm going to quit my job nor yours. Please don't get us fired. <sighs> yeah. Don't do that. We need our jobs. <laughs> right. All right. I'll uh, talk to you later. Later.